Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Continue to follow uh, the news coming out of Burnsville, just the awful, awful story of two police officers and a Burnsville fire paramedic being shot and killed yesterday, responding to a situation of uh, a domestic situation that turned into a hostage situation and ended with the tragic deaths of those three and another officer injured. Uh, we welcome Todd Axtell into the conversation. Todd is a former uh, St. Paul police chief. Joins us on the John Schuster Cobble Banker Hotline. Todd, thank you so much. Certainly wish we were talking under uh, different circumstances. But as you consumed yesterday's news uh, as a former police officer and somebody who knows the job so well, what um, what were your thoughts and how are you processing it? Uh, thanks for uh, inviting me, Adam. You're right. It should be under different circumstances. You know, a lot of things uh, are, are processed during moments like this of, whether you're a, a current or former police officer, a lot of emotions, a lot of uncertainty, and uh, um, a lot of grief going on, not just with with the entire community and the entire state, um, but but our officers and our um, fire personnel and medics are really in a tough spot right now uh, across the state. It, uh, you know, wearing that badge that only wears a, weighs a few ounces is really, really heavy under normal circumstances, but... Uh, under days like today, it's it's uh, extra heavy for sure. And w- when you look at, at at the scene and the and the scenario there, especially with the with the paramedic who is just obviously somebody whose job it is to tend to the wounded, and he's tended to a, a fallen officer and to face that kind of violence. And we talk about it all the time, Todd. I'm sure you've talked about this so many times. And every police officer I've ever talked to says that domestic situations are the most dangerous. Can you just reiterate why that is? Yeah, they are. They're so so incredibly unpredictable. Uh, the emotions are high. You know, sometimes um, chemicals are involved, whether it's alcohol or drugs. Um, just you know, looking at normal life circumstances, anytime there's there's any type of uh, conflict, our heart rate goes up and, and things become unpredictable. And then we put our officers and sometimes the uh, unwinnable task of going in and trying to mediate, navigate, and keep people safe under those circumstances. And and those circumstances can really turn on a dime. They're incredibly, incredibly dangerous. And also, can you talk about the, the, you know, the ability that police have in dealing with an armed suspect, somebody who is either holding hostages or is holed up somewhere, that communication and how much training police, especially like a suburban department like Burnsville would receive on having hostage negotiators and people who, who are able to talk to suspects? You know, the Burnsville uh, police and fire departments are, are some of the most highly trained officers in the state. As a matter of fact, we just, uh, my, my company did an assessment with the Burnsville police department here last year. And, and so I have a little more intimate knowledge of the leadership of both of those agencies, uh, Tanya and BJ, the chiefs of the police and fire department are incredible leaders, human center leaders who are very engaged and value, uh, hold a high value for training, 
officer wellness and uh, there's really no other department in the state of Minnesota who is uh, better trained both police and fire in Burnsville so the and then the extra training of of the you know the SWAT team that's on scene the crisis hostage negotiators uh, who receive extra extra training and um, certainly the um, what we refer to in in St. Paul while I was the chief is the SWAT medics partnering with the St. Paul Fire Department to uh, have highly trained medics embedded with our SWAT team is uh, all critically important. So it just, uh, obviously, I don't have intimate knowledge of, right. of what happened down there, but, um, you know, the, the, the dynamics of those high-stress situations can turn really quickly, and it's just tragic to, to learn how this turned out. You raise a good point in something that I guess I was not familiar with, but, you know, especially when you talk about a medic, you wonder what kind of protections a medic would have as opposed to a police officer, a SWAT kind of police officer. But do that is part of a routine for a lot of uh, agencies now. If they've got a SWAT team, they also have like paramedics kind of embedded with them that have the same kind of protections? Yes, and not, and not during like a, a tactical entry. Okay. But they're certainly um, standing by very closely in uh, a command post, really close to the scene. Where so they're there in, in the event that uh, there is a shooting or somebody, uh, an officer is injured, they can be attended to really quickly. And um, just the news accounts that I'm hearing about uh, when things uh, went sideways and, and shots began to be fired, and then hearing that medic, that specially trained medic, went in there in the harm's way to help our uh, frontline officers, and then he loses his life. It's just uh, tragedy upon tragedy as I, I hear more about this story. Yeah, Adam Finseth, 40 years old. So he would have been one who have volunteered for that kind of duty, to, for a specific to be there in those kinds of situations, knowing that he full well may have been put into a situation like he was yesterday. Yeah, no doubt. It's certainly a calling. It's something you have to be passionate about and uh, certainly uh, something that you have to be um, specially trained and, and uh, have a, a brave heart to be able to do that. Reading of, we're talking to a Todd Axtell, former uh, police chief of St. Paul. Um, he's on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker hotline. And again, I know you, you don't have the full details of what transpired but it sounds like from the news reporting that I've that I've read that at least one of those officers was inside the house when the, when the shots f- were fired. I guess that is kind of surprising to me in that usually uh, uh, when I hear about hostage situations, it's usually the police on the outside and not necessarily being in the building. Um, do you know what kind of circumstances would have led to that? Or is that common practice where officers would actually be inside of a residence uh, even during a hostage situation? Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Yeah, every circumstance is, is certainly very different, and, and the dynamics change. They continue to evolve in each of those circumstances. So 
I'm not exactly sure. Again, I don't have the intimate knowledge of what, what happened on scene, but uh, there are circumstances where uh, officers could be inside the home uh, communicating with uh, with suspects. Um, but again, uh, yeah, you know, there there are probably 20 or 30 circumstances where that could apply, but right. uh, I just, I, I, I don't know sure. in the Burnsville incident why that happened. Todd, can you talk about uh, the role you play now and how you work with, the, you, you mentioned you've worked with both the Burnsville Police and Fire Departments. In what capacity, and tell us about uh, what you do and I guess how you train officers now. Well, I just take the lessons that I learned of, you know, 35 years in policing in Minnesota, and uh, we, we are hired by other uh, agencies, local police departments, sheriff's departments, um, and uh, other public agencies, private agencies to come in and, and help review um, policy, protocol, training, quality control, and again, using the lessons that I've learned over my career to help agencies thrive and uh, uh, continue to be at the forefront of um, the professional standards that's so important in this line of work. And, and, and again, I was just uh, had such an honor working with the Burnsville Police Department and, and saw how professional and, and uh, human-centered they were in uh, every corner of that department from the leadership all the way down to the front line. You know, yesterday when you hear about two officers in the same department uh, being shot and killed and certainly not taking anything away from um, the uh, paramedic who was killed yesterday, but I think a lot of people, uh, myself included, thought back to 1994 and Ron Ryan Jr. and Tim Jones, and I would imagine uh, you thought about those two guys yesterday too. Sure did. You know, I I think about those guys every day, uh, and Tim Jones' canine partner, um, Laser, on that day, uh, August 26, 1994. It's a day that uh, all of us who were working that day, I was a, a five-year young patrol officer on the, mm-hmm. working on the east side. And, um, you know, you remember the smells and the sounds of the helicopter and the, the searching for a suspect that had just killed two of your partners. And it's, uh, yeah, something you'll never forget. And I can tell in the emotion in your voice, um, how does that affect a police department? When uh, a day like yesterday, how will this affect the Burnsville Police Department moving forward? Oh, it's going to take years, years and years of uh, um, healing, communication. Um, you know, they, uh, they, they've got great chiefs, both, uh, again, the fire chief and the police chief down there, great leaders. They're going to need a lot of support, uh, a lot of counseling, a lot of interaction. And I got to tell you, the outpouring from the community really helps during times like this, the police officers see uh, a community rally politics being put aside, everybody wrapping their arms around the uh, police officers and the firefighters and the medics who were involved in these circumstances, because it's not just, uh, you know, just the police department and the officers, the families involved, it weighs heavy on the minds of uh, our, our police officers and medics, the, the family members who are, um, left with such a huge void in their lives. So this is a, a devastating tragedy that uh, will live on for forever in many. Yeah, and I think it's a lot of those moments that uh, will be seared into the memory, like, uh, like that day in 1994 is seared into yours and mine, too. Obviously, you much yeah. greater with you. But lastly, Todd, before I let you go, and this is a conversation, again, that w- will be had later on, and we continue to have it. We had it last week after what happened in Kansas City. But 
I just argue, I, I wonder about being a police officer nowadays and knowing that uh, anybody seemingly legally can buy body armor and a variety of guns and ammunition and just the difficulties in that making for police officers doing their job, knowing that somebody might be, you know, any any circumstance, they might be outgunned by an individual. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's a scary time for officers. Um, you know, every day out there, we all know the the uh, capacity of some of these weapon systems, uh, which is why you have the um, uh, armor protection vehicles that you see on these scenes, and why you have ARs being rolled out in squad cars across this country because um, uh, weapons in the hands of People who shouldn't have them in the first place continues to be a huge problem. There's more uh, weapons across this country than ever in our, in our history. And again, um, they end up too often in the hands of people who shouldn't have them to begin with. And then they um, use them to devastate our communities across the country and certainly injure community members and officers alike. Todd, thank you uh, for the time today. Very eloquent in your comments. And uh, we can hear the anguish in your voice uh, about what happened yesterday and just kind of how it's brought back some uh, very painful memories. But you offer a very uh, unique perspective. So thank you so much. And uh, we'll reach out and speak some time again, hopefully under better, better circumstances. Yeah, thank you, Adam. I appreciate your time. Yeah. Keep up the great work. Thank you. Todd Axtell, uh, former St. Paul Police Chief, 1049 News Talk 830 WCCO. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.